Hello everyone, this is Deborah Richardson and today I am putting the AP in Happy where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. This podcast will give a voice to accounts payable team members by talking about the growing reality of cyber attacks in their world and which vendor setup and vendor management techniques they can apply to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Are you or your team performing all possible vendor validations? Do you know which documents have the key data you need to confirm that the vendor you are about to create or update is real? Be sure by downloading the vendor validation reference list. It also has links to all the resources listed. Download at www. Dot Deborah D E B R A R Richardson R I C H A R D S O N dot com. So on today's episode, I'm going to talk about SOX compliance. And if you are a public company that is required to follow the SOX rules, or if you are a private company that chooses to follow them because maybe you have clients that are public companies, then this episode is for you. I'm going to talk about an article from NS Knox and why they see that SOX is just not complete protection against fraud. Keep listening. Welcome to episode 89, Why SOX Compliance is Not Complete Protection Against Fraud. So on my site, uh, Deborah, D-E-B-R-A, R Richardson, so DebraRRichardson.com, I have a cross-posted blog post that I thought was very interesting from NS Knox. And I saw that they had a blog post um, towards the end of November, and it really talked about SOX compliance and really why it's essential, but it's not enough to protect companies against fraud. Because I remember when SOX first came out, before I got into accounts payable, I was in controller's position, various finance positions where I was over the general ledger and also did some financial reporting. So I do remember SOX and I remember fraud scandals at WorldCom and Enron that resulted in the Sarbanes-Oxley Act of 2002 or SOX. I also remember we had some pretty good jokes about it too. I remember my boss finding a pen on my desk that was one of those erasable pens and she walked by and asked me if I worked at Enron and I thought hmm okay I guess I can't use that pen anymore but I'm making light of it but it really was a serious issue back then because it was again adding more work into an area where we were quite lean and so looking back at it now we're in 2020 and we're dealing with all types of cyber fraud so the question that NS Knox posed and answered in their blog post was, is compliance with SOX with the added scrutiny and transparency enough to protect companies against fraud? And their answer was no, because SOX really 
that law primarily addresses insider fraud and it really mandates far fewer protections against fraud perpetrated by external actors. And if you're not familiar with WorldCom and Enron and those scandals back then, you can go ahead and, you know, do some research and Google it. But the biggest piece was that the leadership, their claims were that they didn't know. And so the biggest change that I remember is that there was now oversight or the requirement to sign off on certain financial statements and documents. And at the time, my boss had to do it. And then eventually, when I moved into a controller's position, I remember I had to sign off on inventory and some other financial records or reporting as well. And so again, that really addresses insider fraud versus external fraud. And what NS Knox is noting is that that's a really a critical gap. As an example, they noted that in February 2018, an updated interpretation of SOX explicitly inserted the need to address cyber concerns as part of broader financial reporting and controls. As we saw with a report by the SEC in October of 2018 detailing the emerging threat of email fraud and social engineering and describing how attacks at nine large companies led to nearly $100 million in losses. So we've got in February 2018 an updated interpretation of SOC saying that it needed to address cyber concerns. And then we get a report later that year from the SEC saying how, yep, it's happened and we've got companies losing $100 million in losses. But the biggest issue is that when they looked at the victims, they were not in any violation of the regulations on internal controls. And those types of scams were exactly the type of external fraud that SOX compliance does not do enough to address. And that report showed that there were two categories of fraud, really leveraging communication channels to carry out a social engineering scheme. The first one was the use of emails from fake executives or what we call CEO fraud or or BEC fraud to direct mid-level financial personnel to carry out large transfers of funds to foreign banks. And then the second category included the use of emails from fake vendors and the hijacking of legitimate transaction requests to insert and redirect funds to accounts controlled by hackers. So that would be a fraudster asking to change banking details. And so what NS Knox uh, identified was that companies today really have three main attack vectors to watch out for. The first one is uh, social engineering attacks, um, like the two we just talked about, they really circumvent many internal controls because the attackers simply bypass them. So that's a big gap. And by presenting and manipulating an employee or vendor under the guise of a certain degree of authorization, any subsequent request comes off as completely legitimate. So such a request would even comply with SOX's strict segregation of duties and controls. So the tactics used to compromise or invent a vendor's identity are increasing beyond the detection abilities of the business process 
process enforced by the SOX current regulations. The second one is that internal processes are also vulnerable to compromise via interference with a company's IT systems. And what they mean by that is because the IT systems are the sophisticated technical infrastructure that actually enforce the rules that govern a company's internal controls, if the hackers can infiltrate and manipulate the systems, then they completely bypass those internal controls. And then an example of this would be changing account details and then covering their tracks by deleting any references to those changes so that when the IT system verifies a payment order tampered with in this way, it appears to be legitimate and automatically let through. Now, the third thing that NSNOX says companies today need to look out for is external malware attacks. Um, they also target a company's technical system, but they opt to infiltrate via a manipulation of outside elements. So in other words, instead of trying to pick the lock, these attacks aim to break by stealing the keys. So for example, email-based processes can be compromised using phishing attacks to hijack a critical email address. And by stealing the outside credentials, hackers can gain a foothold in a company's internal control system. So you combine that with emerging deep fake voice and telephone schemes, and really such attacks could even penetrate security measures as advanced as dual factor authentication. So to combat fraud, SOX compliant alone is no longer enough. Achieving full protection will require companies to implement internal control systems designed with emerging cyber threats in mind. Processes must be streamlined, data must be protected, and authentication must be continuous and automated. And again, this blog post really hit home for me because I talk about implementing authentication techniques, internal controls, and best practices to prevent fraud. And the techniques and processes and controls that I talk about are manual processes that can be implemented immediately and while we know we have a lot of AP teams out there that are still manual or partially manual, we really need to get this process automated. And to that end, I do have a webinar that is coming up on July 15th with NSNOX. And in that webinar, I'm going to describe how you can implement manual processes for authentication, internal controls, and best practices so you can have some immediate takeaways. And then I'm inviting NS Knox to come on to talk about their automated external solution that's not only SOX compliant, but provides the additional protective layer to effectively combat cyber fraud. So what you'll get out of it is manual processes that is an immediate takeaway that you can do right after the webinar. And then you'll get an awareness of an automated solution that can do the same thing once you get approval and implementation is done. And I'll include a link to the blog post and I'll also include a link to register for the webinar in the show notes. 
And don't worry if you're not able to attend the live webinar, you can always watch the on-demand uh, recording of that webinar on my website, along with uh, recordings of other uh, webinars that I've done in the past. And you can find those on deborahrrichardson.com slash webinars. So thanks everyone. I hope you enjoyed the 89th episode of the Putting the AP in Happy podcast, where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the show notes for the links mentioned in the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and writing a review of my podcast on the platform that you use to listen. Stay happy. Mm-hmm.